So, hello to all our listeners of Two Guys One Controller. Um, this is the eighth episode. Joe, how are you? I'm good, man. What's up? I'm good as well. Uh, before we start, I just want to give a disclaimer that um, because uh, this episode is not recorded in the studio, and we're recording it um, on Zoom because of the guest where which we'll introduce in a bit. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, we're doing it on Zoom. So if it doesn't sound as clear as the previous seven episodes, um, we apologize. We will try and spruce it up and use this thing. But we're a poor um, podcast. This thing we, <laughs> we don't. We need we sponsorships. <laughs> we need sponsorship. We don't have mics. You know, like professional mics. So we're using our laptop mics. So please bear with us because <laughs> you know we're like a two. We're just two people trying to make we're it big in the podcast yo. industry. We're independent. Yeah, yeah, we're independent. So yeah, we're not. We're not even affiliated to any network or any podcast label. So yeah, but we're always ready to you know like get. If you want to sponsor us and things, we're always they were ready to sell out. You know, like, yeah. they're definitely ready to sell out. You know, hey, um, Sony, you know, you can like <laughs> we'll do paid reviews. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> best, best so yeah, what's up with you, man, Joe? Uh, what game are you playing? Um, um, I think you're done with Arkham Knight, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. I just want to talk about Arkham Knight with you for a bit because you know you played it right after we did the episode last, and what were your thoughts yeah. about the yeah so you know so i asked you guys as we talked about the last time right we're talking about the fact that arkham knight it's it, the story is good but like one thing you mentioned about that yeah really good the story is really good i love the the joker batman everybody everybody was great in performance one thing i did not like as you said in the last episode was the, the car the batmobile that yeah. thing got very frustrating really really fast i was so surprised right I, because yo i'm so sick of tank mode like the tank mode sucks. I hate it. Like, I hate everything about it. I'm like, why is Batman using a tank to blow up drones and stuff? I'm like, this makes no sense. And they kept, like, shoehorning it. And there were so many sites. Yeah. Like, even normal quests. Like, everything was just... And it's it pisses me off that I couldn't finish this game. Because I like to finish games. And yeah. these days, I don't even do, like, multiple games. Before, I used to play, like... I'll play, like, maybe God of War. And then I'll be playing some other games side by side. But I was like, no. Like, I'm just going to play. Like, I've decided that you know in the best like to save like time and stuff it's just better to play one game at a time and if mm-hmm. i if i can't if i'm frustrated at some place i'll stop and then come back the next day you know like the refreshment and i normally finish batman i literally like i keep telling her i was just in, like towards the end and you're like you're driving you're, like running i was like why am i doing this fuck it stop yes stop thing. because there's, there's a there's a battle there's other with, game ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a battle with arkham um the arkham knight and, arkham he's knight, using and it's drill. like he's chasing you yeah it's like this is ridiculous like i'll go so far i died so many times that when i finally did i'm like this is the dumbest i'm really like ever. amazed that you persevered but i feel like because i got the game for free on ps plus i could like yeah i bought it on you on bought it like you know like even though you bought it for ten dollars you're like pretty cheap i mean it's still yeah. money so it's like finished so yeah, exactly. like I, I, I fuck that game. <laughs> but amazing trilogy. Um, yeah. I've not yet seen. Um, I think the combat system. I realized today. I was listening to another gaming podcast, and I realized something that Spider-Man, the the Spider-Man game by Insomnia, kind of borrow like mm-hmm. that brawler combat. Same elements, thing. yeah. Like the same, like this thing. But I like yeah. the way Batman is like fucking like beast. And he just he just yeah. beating the Boom. crap out. Yeah, like, and they obviously like did way better with Arkham Knight because you know like it was like the third and then it was like for the next gen yeah. console that that's PS4 right. But anyways, um, so I'm still playing Horizon Zero Dawn, but I will talk about it. Like I, I think we have to. Yeah, we would definitely do a deep dive on that. And there's a guest who also wants to come and talk about it. So yeah, 
awesome. but amazing game, beautiful game, guys. If you're not playing Horizon, great game. Like, I took. I think one of the things that I think I feel that Horizon Zero Dawn is that I bought it when I bought my PS4, which was in 2017. It came out then. I was like very highly rated. But I don't know if I'd have liked the game if I played it in 2017 because I wasn't always a big fan of RPGs. And it's over the past mm. four years and, you know, like reading more about games and finding out and then like really, I think God of War, they switched from like pure hack and slash. Like they were so RPGs, like, but yeah, a lot of it was just like collect orbs and power up, right? So it was very mechanical. Like, okay. Yeah. But the new God of War was like, no, you need to find like this armor with this combination. Yeah, because it gives you this defense, yeah, this attack. Yeah. And there's like a whole skill tree. So I have to unlock this, this, this to get these more. And exactly. I was like, fuck, I love God of War too much to not be like, fuck, I do RPG. So I was like, you know, I'm going to embrace it. And I really had a good mm-hmm. time. And I think that and like I've always loved the Ocarina of Time from like in the N64 game and that was like a pure RPG and I think those two games really gave me like it's made me appreciate RPGs more so then I started playing more mm-hmm. RPG based games even yeah. like your FPS and things have like RPG elements um, you know like they give you skill yeah, no trees, give you this. Mm-hmm. even like your non yeah, yeah. so I think this year was even, actually a very good some sort of RPG element again. But all the really, Arkham games that I mean yeah. the Arkham Knight thing was way more detailed but I like I, even Asylum and City had like the skill tree kind of thingy like you have to get yeah. the bad points or whatever and then you you know you can do more combos Asylum was also very basic because it was like the first character or whatever. Yeah. but anyways without uh, any f- further ado but blah, 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode is really cool because I've got like a very close friend of mine he's called Ravi Kiran and one of the things about Ravikiran is that, so when I was in like uni, so I, I didn't have console. I like the N64 and then because of boarding school and then uni, I never got any other console and I didn't have a laptop which would play games. So he was one of the guys and he used to be like into gaming. He's like, and he's like this typical Indian nerd, like very stereotypical. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like when he, you know, like he had like the mustache and like the oiled hair and he's like, yeah, I play computer games and fuck bitches on the internet. Like, you know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and and you know so like he was one of the guys who would talk to me about different video games i remember the first um which is very funny when i think about it when i went to his house he was playing titanfall one and he was like this is the titanfall game because i remember i went to his house and he had the game on his pc and it was only multiplayer then and that game was making waves this is like 2012 i don't know when it came out like back then i'd gone to his house and he had it and it's crazy that um, he ended up joining the company that made Titanfall 1 and then the Titanfall 2 that we and you and I like. And he's yeah. joined, he's with Respawn and a Respawn was bought by E. But a lot of my gaming um, education, I would say, came from him and like my other close friends. And so he was one of the people who would like tell me like this game is there and he likes, I, I mean, you will talk more about him. So, so Ravi, you can join the call now. And oh. what's up, dude? <laughs> Hi, Omi. Hi, Joe. Man. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was sitting aside while you um, assassinated my character. But I was about to say totally assassinated. <laughs> this character assassination that I'm getting right now is, oh man, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm super glad to be here. I've, I've listened to a couple of episodes, not as much as I would have liked of you guys, and because it's still banging bitches, bro. You know, like, oh, there he, there he goes again. There he goes again. Uh, this quarantine life, bro. Like, I don't know what else to say, man. Uh, oh, I would before I before I start and before I express any views. Like, I a um, little bit about myself. I'm Ravi. I work for Respawn Entertainment, as Omkar said. Um, yeah, I've been a 
I've been playing video games since I was pretty fucking young and I've just been you know like playing as many games as I can get and like he said I was a typical Indian nerd growing up so the time that I you, could play video games having was... sex with women online <laughs> <laughs> oh man like my, my parents weren't okay with the amount of sex I was having with women online so they were like yeah you're your video game time is going to be restricted, my boy. You're just, you know, like too playing too many games on your PC and with women's hearts. It's it's <laughs> it's not sustainable for the country of India, you know. <laughs> so yeah, like I've, um, I am a person who had a massive fascination for games growing up. Didn't get to play nearly as much as I wanted to, but mm-hmm. yeah, like now I've made my way into the industry, and I think it's a dream come true. And I need to say this as a disclaimer, anything that I say today is my own personal opinion and comes from my personal experiences. It's not from the point of view of my lawyer. So I'm not like, I'm my employer, not lawyer. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm not here as an employee of Respawn or EA or anything. I'm here as a friend of Joe and Omi's. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do this. So before we start, first question, when are we getting Titanfall 3? We don't give a shit shit about Apex Legends and fuck everything else. Titanfall 3 now. (laughs) Jeez, man. Oh, man. uh, I I think the official stance is we have nothing to announce at this time or whatever. But yeah, like, bro, Apex Legends is, it's... It is unreal yeah. how much how successful that game has been, and it's That's, it's mine. And I think you guys just like bought it. Like it was it was totally unannounced, right? Like not announced. I mean, did anyone know that you guys? Because I'd never heard anything about like respawn working on a battle royale kind of game, and then like one day I just get up and like yeah. I mean, like yeah, like the the even internally we 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 did a Beyonce. We we know that we oh. did a Beyonce. Like opening, <laughs> leading up to launch, we were all super super scared because it was like oh, we're doing a Beyonce, but we are not Beyonce. You know, like, the, <laughs> the very fact about doing a Beyonce is it works because Beyonce, is, Beyonce is doing it. She, yeah. Like, you wake up one morning and you're like, oh, shit, Beyonce dropped something new. And you're like, what the fuck, bro? I need to go listen to this right the fuck now. And you're like, run to your phone or your Spotify or your TV or the whatever. Yeah, like, streaming. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you do that stuff and we were super scared because, you know, like, we... we were we were super aware of the fact that we were dropping something without any sort of marketing or anything like that and mm. if you look at a lot of people from the company who've spoken about it they were all super super nervous as well it's like mm. like one of our, our lead operations person he said um you know like the game's gonna drop it's gonna get a few thousand gamers and a few thousand <laughs> players and stuff like don't don't expect numbers to just shoot up all of a sudden. Oh It'll probably God. take like a month before we hit 1 million players and whatnot. Oh Let the word God. of mouth build up and stuff like that. And we hit 1 million in like 8 hours or something like that. It was <laughs> nuts, <laughs> bro. Eight hours. It was so nuts. Crazy. Like we were, were pre, like full credit to the to our network team and the operations team, the entire team, obviously. But full credit in particular to those three or four people is all we had in terms of like actual network people who were on call, who were there to manage the launch. We had only like three or four people and full credit to oh, them wow. because sure. prior to launch, apparently EA had them test, like do load tests for like millions of simultaneous players. They mm-hmm. were like, yeah, like you should test whatever, 5 million, 6 million simultaneous players and whatnot. And 
Like we tested all of that stuff because we were like, you know, like EA is telling us we should test it. Sure, yeah. we'll test for five million simultaneous players for whatever reason, and like <laughs> we we got we got somewhere. You know, it was we had millions of concurrent players, and wasn't something we were expecting to hit for a year plus, and we hit it in a few hours. It was it was insane. It was totally nuts. That's really. Cool. I also heard this story. Uh, oh, by the way, before like I say the story, um. Ravi, you've worked on Apex Legends, right? Like yes, you work yes. on, but not you work. You still yeah. work on it. I, I work on it. On yes. Like, can you just give us like a brief run through what you do on Apex Legends? So yeah. I'm I'm an engineer, um, technically a senior software engineer now. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked on like I I joined uh, Respawn around six or seven months before Apex Legends launched. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been an intern before that, and um, yeah, like we. I joined the team not knowing it was my first job in the industry. So I had worked in software before, but not in video games. So I joined the uh, I joined the company without much of an idea about what I was gonna do. But I am I work mainly on gameplay and audio in the game, which is a bit of a meme at this point because there are audio <laughs> issues in the game and. I know that is one of the things the community likes to complain about and stuff like that. Mm. And it's not something that I particularly want to deep dive into, but yes, we are looking into the issues. Obviously we know that they're there and we're doing our best to solve them. Um, but yeah, like my, a lot of the time that I spend is on gameplay. So I work on weapons, character abilities, um, audio in the game, stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. And, my work is I, I work on features that we're putting out as well as fixing bugs that keep coming up because one of the, one of the big misconceptions is how are there so many bugs in this game? Like they've already fixed these bugs. But <laughs> the point is that a video game is a piece of software. It's okay. constantly evolving. We evolving, are constantly yeah. making changes to it. So like we're improving things under the hood, like a weapon that's working completely fine now might come out with a bug in the next season. It could be a perfectly working weapon that has a bug in the next season. And it could be because we've completely changed how things work underneath. And the intention was that nothing changes for the end user. And like I said, it's a piece of software. So we could keep improving systems. We could keep changing systems out and stuff like that. And things can always change under the hood. So there's always a chance that there's going to be a bug to fix and there's a very good chance that that bug could be in something that I was working for so yeah that's the sort of stuff that I do that's cool that's cool um Joe have you played Apex Legends I still haven't played it. and I always feel guilty that my friend has worked in a video game and I still haven't played <laughs> but you played haven't it. played it no no, no, no it's, like, it's hard for me yeah it's hard for me to get into those games even with Fortnite I've never played like one second of Fortnite and I know Apex Legends is the same thing I don't I I feel like once I, I mean they're different in like the way like you know they yeah play, like, they go about and it's way more like this thing, like, like I'm scared that once I start playing I'll never stop playing because it's <laughs> by, I'm, I'm a terrified like I want to keep playing I'm like I need to play this game today like now so I'm always scared that I don't want to get into the car I've seen people who are really addicted to like Fortnite and Apex Legends and I'm like you guys have no life. I don't want to go into that stage at this point and, in time. And yeah, like, and I think the other thing also is that um, I feel like these games also need um, dedication from your from your side. Like, 
it's mm-hmm. not a single play that okay, I play for like one hour and I'm okay. Because yeah. when you play these games, like I mean, you even have like Destiny Two and like all those kind of games, like COD, um, the multiplayer that you know become really mm-hmm. popular now. Yeah, you need to have like a clan, and you know, like you need to like, and it's cool because you obviously meet different people across the world, or even like there's a lot of these now. Like this, I've seen like clans for like Apex Legends from Ghana, and for the other games as well. Like they have like dedicated this thing, and you need to be able to give time and. Unfortunately for me, it's difficult. So I can play, yeah. or definitely play Apex because it's there on my like PS4. Like I just have to start like play it one day, and I will play it. But I don't know how dedicated I'll be, or either I have to do like weekends. So I'm like, okay, Joe, do you want to play Apex today? And then yeah. we'll fix our times, and then we play like two, three hours, that, that kind of thing. Um, but I had this really cool story about Apex Legend. I don't, I think it's about Apex Legend. It was on Reddit, and it came on like Twitter, and they were like, I think Apex Legend was supposed to launch. At like a very like specific time, like 10 a.m. or something like that. <laughs> but one of the lead designers had to something about his kid happened, something. So basically, um, the Apex, uh, the respawn guys were like, you know what, family is very important here. Yes, yeah. So they launched the game at a very odd time. Like I think it came at like some, like I don't remember the exact time. It was like 11:47 a.m. and it's like it's unheard of for a game to come out like what? What sort of bizarre timing is this? And nobody knew why. And then I think one of the guys from Respawn put it up on Reddit that this is why the game launched at such an odd time in the like, middle of the afternoon, like when games are not supposed to launch at that time because yeah. okay, this guy had a family emergency. Yeah, so is this true? I mean, I assume it's yeah, true. So, I mean, like, because, it, like, it's, the guy it is it, like, true. Like the guy, the guy who shared the tweet is actually yeah. the lead ops person that I was speaking about earlier. The guy yes, who so. said, you know what, we'll hit, a, we'll hit a million players in a month. It was that guy. So hmm. he... Hey, he, yeah, like the the story was that he had um, uh, he had something to do for his kid. I think like there was an adoption hearing or something early in the morning oh. on launch day. So like we usually ship our games and patches at nine a.m. or ten a.m. on launch day in the Pacific mm. time zone because it like early in the morning in Pacific time means that we have a lot of time to fix any issues that might come over the rest of the day and. It's at a time such that the majority of the world will still be awake and can like download the game and stuff. Right. If we delay it beyond that point, then people in the Far East, it's like it's the middle of the night for them. So the game mm. won't take off and we won't like, like if there are players in Singapore or in China or in India or Japan or something like that, these people are only going to download the game when it's evening for us. So if they start hitting any issues, then we have only like the night to fix these issues as opposed to like the rest of the day. So it's, we generally want to ship things very early in the morning, but this guy had his hearing in the morning. So um, we decided to push it back to 12 noon and the launch happened at 12 noon, which is definitely an atypical time for Mm. games to launch. And on like, it is a very cool thing that Respawn did. And I think as a company, in my experience, they've been, very good about taking care of employees and stuff because you bring up games like Fortnite and Apex Legends and stuff, and they're all live service games. So it's like yeah. you you have your God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff, which are box products. Like they release the game, they need to release some patches. Sometimes they have a specific amount of post-launch content planned. They ship that and it's done. They move on to the next game. You're not going to hear yeah. from them again about the previous yeah. one unless they're particularly engaged. But these are live service games. Like you launch and then you need to keep coming out with content all the time. It's mm-hmm. it, it's essentially 
like a box product is a stressful process you know like you've heard so many industry stories and horror stories about games being the made crunch. of crunch and stuff yes yeah. exactly like there's crunch and overtime hours and stuff and it happens because you have a fixed schedule you have a schedule you're like we need to release on this date only if we release on this date can we meet all the marketing budgets and can we make all the oh. money protected by people and stuff so it becomes very hard and I like if you um, <laughs> yes and Cyberpunk, so it's the yes. classic example, right? Like it's a classic example. They, there was definitely some bad project management involved in stuff like yeah. that, but yep. it also becomes an unfortunate reality at times that mm. companies account for stuff like that when they're making games. But yeah. the thing with the live services, if you are not prepared, like we have a seasonal launch cadence, so we launch, we ship a season every three months. If you are not prepared, that can become very similar to launching a box product every three months. So like if you're releasing a box product every three months, you will end up crunching every three months, you know, and, and if you're not careful, that can definitely happen. And I think Respawn as a company, at least the Apex Legends team has done very well in trying to mitigate that as much as possible. And it's, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's definitely a hard process. It's like, it's, it's essentially a balancing act, right? Because you need to release something new every three months. You need to make mm. sure it's at that level of polish for that. Like when the game came out, we were not expecting it to be as successful as it was. We were expecting to have some leeway and all of that just goes down the drain when the game is extremely successful. You know, like you could, you could launch a game and you'll be like, oh, we'll receive 1 million players in a month. It doesn't matter if it takes us like three months to ship our first season because no one's going to care. That was how we were thinking about it going in. And then the game ships and it's a massive success. And now you don't have a choice. Like people are fun. demanding that first season to come out in a month from now. And we're like, hmm. oh shit, we were not prepared yeah. for this. Prepared, yeah. You know, and, and there was definitely, um, even if, you know, like people denied, I'm pretty sure there were quite a few people who shit themselves thinking about how are we going to go forward? How are we going to keep this up? Yeah. And, and we, totally. you, you saw season, like, I, I know that you guys didn't keep up with the game as it came out. And I myself didn't, you know, like it's, it's definitely, like you said, it, it's, it is a time investment. It is a time consuming thing to keep up with a live service like this. It's the people who play CSGO, people who play Valorant, people mm -hmm. who play League, people who play Dota. It's those sort of players who keep all of those games running. And it's the same with mm -hmm. a game like Apex mm -hmm. or Fortnite as well. So right. it's these sort of people who keep the game running. And it's these sort of people who you usually need to play against when you join the game for the first time. So it's obviously a super, super daunting prospect. So I can definitely get it when you guys say, you know, like it takes time. It's an investment. It's the same thing for me. Honestly, I don't play the game as much as I would like to, but I'm also <laughs> in a place where I've played the game so much that I feel like every now and then I can get in, play it for two to three hours. I get my fill and then I get out. Wow. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think that makes sense. And um, okay, so there was this one episode of um, the Patriot Act. I'm still pissed that it's cancelled. Oh, um, the Hassan Minaj show, you know, yes. and he did one on gaming, and I think he was explaining how gaming is like such a big worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, industry, yeah. And, yep. and I think he kind of did this drive-by at Apex because he was explaining this, like the process of crunch, and you know, like, yeah. like Naughty Dog is famous for it. Um, for its crunch, Project CD yep. Red is. 
And he kind of was like, you know, and then he was listing games where Crunch was there. And he's like, Apex Legends. And then I remember, like, I think Ravi and I spoke about this then. And Ravi was like, dude, we don't like fucking Crunch. What is this stupid drive by? <laughs> so how did, like, I'm sure, like, you guys had, did, did you respond to him? Did you, like, talk mm. to Netflix and, like, we don't, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you know about these things. But did you hear anything like, shit, we don't, like, you know, we don't. We don't do that, yeah. Crunch. Yeah, like, so, I I don't know, like I said, I, I don't know about any such, uh, like, I, so, my personal point of view, when, when this episode came out, like, what Omkar said is right, you know, like, I, as a person who works at Respawn, works at Apex, works on Apex, I had a lot of friends who watched this episode, and they Ooh. were worried, and they messaged me immediately, they were like, hey, like, Hasan Minaj spoke about Apex Legends, like, how bad is it for you guys and stuff guys, like that? Yeah. And personally, I, I mean, so at the time, I definitely expressed the drive-by analogy to Omkar, but I, I do need to clarify. Like, I, I think it is a real problem in the industry, and I was very glad okay. that Hassan Minaj, who is a person who has a lot of visibility and has a lot of has a very good reputation and yeah. does a very good job of exposing these issues and stuff like that i was very glad that he decided to examine the games industry and 100 percent happy with the fact that he chose to um take up this topic it's a topic that's not very why very well visited for a wider audience like it's well known within the industry as as people who play video games you and i we know about naughty dog and we know about cd project red and stuff but yeah. games as an industry is much wider than that. People don't, like your average Call of Duty player probably doesn't know what the conditions are like making Call of Duty. And mm -hmm. I don't know if they're particularly good or bad, but I would imagine that there is some degree of crunch that goes into making a game like that. Okay. So like it's, I, I was very happy that Hassan Minaj chose to portray that. And that's the reason why I say drive-by because it was, it seemed kind of, like a throwaway mention when he just yeah he's like games like Fortnite, Apex Legends, Apex and so Legends, on. And it's yeah. like it 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 was a very casual mention that seemed to just like it seemed to fit there, so he mentioned it, even he though it yeah. doesn't actually fit there. You know, so it was I don't think the company really I don't know if there was anything that happened behind the scenes, but hmm. as a company we didn't think it was something that was so major that it needed to be called out and stuff and right. in like it, there's definitely a chance that like i said respawn does a good job but i never said that they're perfect you know and when we moved to the work from home thing for example there were definitely people who um had to work more and there were like glass door reviews and stuff where people yeah. said you know like we haven't adapted well to working from home and the company knows that we had challenges so it's uh, the the reason I was annoyed is because I, as a person, don't want to see the company being dragged in the mud when they didn't right. actually do anything wrong. Like I know that they're making an effort, but I don't think it actually diminishes the message that Hassan Minaj was trying to bring out in any way. So, yeah, like That's it's fair. it's taking away from the topic itself if we say, "Oh, we don't do this stuff." Like you have no right to mention us. Like it's. We, we try not to do the stuff, you know, like we try not to do the stuff, but the point that he's bringing out is still valid. The point that he's bringing out is still valid. I don't think it 
particularly needed a mention like we didn't need to address it or anything like that. Yes, I don't know if anything right. happened behind the scenes, but personally I feel like yeah, it was fine. It was just an offhand mention. I wasn't happy that there was an offhand offhand mention, but you know, like the message still stands. Like I'm 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 down with that. I'm I'm still cool. Hasan Minaj, my bro. Like if you ever want to have me on, you know, like brown dudes, I'm, bro. Brown I'm, dudes, yeah, like brown dudes, like hooking up. You know, like with, I'm definitely down to make guest appearances, my man. And you're cool in my books. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, you mentioned um, working from home, right? Yeah, and Ooh. I think um, so. I was, I think, even talking to Joe, and I was listening to this podcast, and it's like work from home has delayed a lot of games, right? Which was yeah, supposed to come back. out like last year, which is supposed to have come out this year, and they're this like, year. you know, a lot of even like last year, I think they were having they like even like Watch Dogs Legion. I remember suffered because yes. it was supposed to come out like in March, and then the pandemic just came, just boom, and then all back, of a sudden, yeah. you know, it was like they released it like I think what, November. November. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, so and. and um, so for you guys as well, like, I mean, since we have like an industry perspective, because, um, I think, um, so I can, I keep listening to this podcast and, um, basically one of the guys on it is Jason Schreier, who's like this legend yes, in the industry. I got to know that also about, because of Ravi and he mentioned like he was playing, I think, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla mm-hmm. and the game apparently is really good, but he had a lot of problems because it's very buggy. Yeah. And he was like, he had a big problem because, um, and he understood because, you know, they decided to use this pandemic. Um, it was supposed to be one of those launch titles, uh, yes. you know, like for both the consoles, X Series X and PS5. So, you know, they had like a lot riding on it. And Ubisoft also went through that whole, um, the sexual uh, allegation mm-hmm. misconduct phase as well. Another like big thing. So, you know, like it's, they had to, I think like this, and a lot of, apparently a lot of people worked on the game. So obviously there's it's a lot of challenges. I think even like the Xbox head, um, Phil Spencer, I think that's his yes. name. He it's came out and Spencer, like, yeah. like we're gonna have like challenges because you know like uh, we've and had to like immediately. And I was reading this article about how Xbox, um, when the thing happened, the Xbox team had to meet because they were releasing a console during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah whole console. I, I don't know what happened to Sony, but the Xbox. There was an article on the Xbox people, and apparently like. They were like, whatever you guys need. So I think one guy stayed in like this cabin in the woods somewhere. And at some point they were actually willing to like lay underground fiber optic cables to his house. Yeah. <laughs> like one of those like big dudes on the Xbox team. But eventually they found like a cheaper alternative wireless option for him mm-hmm. somehow, you know, there. So what about you guys like respawn itself? Like, I'm sure it's difficult for you guys because, um, Obviously, it's like it's like when I was working from home, mm-hmm. it was difficult. Like like last year when the pandemic hit down, and then like we were working from home, it was very difficult for me. Like in terms of like if I'm in the office, okay, I go to the office and I'm like I go to the other cubicle and look, like, I need this, 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 and that, mm-hmm. and then you get it immediately. But here now it's like you call on the phone or you message, and you have yep. to like remind the person. And this is and my work in the office is even like I I mean. It's, I obviously, ha- I need the contact, but I assume for an industry like yours where like you need constant, like, you know, you have to be like, hey, dude, like, is the sound fine? And like, you have to talk to the lights. Dep- I mean, not lights, or the animation department or something. Mm-hmm. How does it work for you guys? Like, I'm sure like you're constantly on Zoom or whatever. Like, all the time, yep. It's, yeah, like, if I'm being honest, I don't 
know if it's very different from most other industries like it uh-huh. um to me you know like I, the adjustment to the pandemic to working from home and stuff like that it it felt um natural is not the term that i'm looking for but it felt normal like it didn't feel anything outside the ordinary but you're right like yeah. i as a person who it def- definitely depends on what you work on like mm-hmm. even as engineers if you are say a rendering person then you will probably have a lot less direct interaction with the people who are using your features because like for rendering stuff you don't have a rapid iteration process if you're a person who is working on a graphics feature you would you, you'd make some part of the feature and you check it in and then you speak to someone and they use it and that's it while in gameplay it's a much more back and forth iterative process like i make something i send it in the designer or the animator or someone uses it they tell me what works what doesn't they t- send it back and then i make more changes i send back it's stuff like that so i think that my interactions with people were definitely above average for an engineer but like like you said you know like we i spend a lot of my time on slack and if we want to have an in person conversation we immediately spin up a zoom call and we have these discussions every now and then so it's like i'm probably on zoom like i have a scheduled meeting every day but i'm probably on zoom for like 2 hours not 2 hours but an hour hour and a half on average every day so like you know we have to have these discussions and we have to have meetings and stuff but it's i didn't feel like it was anything outside the ordinary because i feel like people who are in other industries as well need to have a discussion mm-hmm. with someone and you just make it happen with a quick zoom call or a quick slack message or something like that in terms of the hardware and stuff yes like the the fiber optic example that you did you know like um i work in uh like i said i work on audio part of my work involves checking in very large audio files and because of that i've left my work machine in the office and i use remote yeah. desktop to log into it and oh. a lot of people can get their work machines to their homes as well because you know like remote desktop is not the best thing when you are making a freaking video game <laughs> yeah. so um a lot of people have brought their machines home as well and for people like, like if i brought my machine home the office has offered to pay for my internet for example Okay. and i think that game companies in general have been very good about this like providing allowances for buying hardware providing allowances for buying equipment or furniture or just spending it on improving the infrastructure in your apartment like this webcam that you're seeing me with this webcam mm-hmm. is something that was you know like given to me by the office like my office sent home webcams for everyone because there was a webcam shortage and they were able to procure some for people mm-hmm. stuff like yes. that so they do they do things where they essentially get us hardware and get us infrastructure and facilities and stuff for us to work from home we use a lot of slack and zoom but i don't think the adjustment period was any more or less difficult than people in any other industry in general nice 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 so wow There's so much information to take in <laughs> i feel like yeah like i feel like i'm i'm giving a ted talk or something guys like <laughs> it, but it's really cool because like um so i read this book last year um and actually like um, i always credit this book for re spawning <laughs> i don't know my god god you are fine it re spawned my reading habit oh, like god, yeah, we still doing this 
Joe's like, yeah, man. Two back to back, man. Hey, listen, listen. This is like awesome, man. Like, yeah. So I I credit this book and um it it like I think for lack of better, it really did respawn my reading habit, and um. It was because of the podcast that I heard. Um, you know what? I just give a shout out to my culture book click. By the way, those guys are like I really love them because they're like three guys who worked at Kotaku. They knew each other, mm. and then you know, they, then they're all left now. So the guy in there, Jason Shire, wrote a book about the video game industry, and I didn't know anything about it. And I went online and I was doing research on the three of them. I'm like, who are these guys? Because I I literally was like. I wanted to get back into the world of video games as well. So last year was really like a reckoning for me because of like the pandemic happened. And then Joe and I started talking about video games because we realized that, okay, we like, we are, we are like both had PS4s and he, I think he has an Xbox as well, but I, I only have a PS4. And then like, we like the same games. We like the same pop culture. So we even have like a pop culture podcast with like Jiren, and like, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And we realized, so we started sharing games, like, you know, he gave me COD. I don't know, like, we get, I gave him a different game and like, we've been sharing games and stuff. So, I was like, I wanted to know more about video games. And I remember I went online and I was like, they were like top 10 video game podcasts. And Triple Click had just started around that time. Because these yep. guys also like, yeah. So then I started listening to them. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And what I liked about it was that it was very um, non-gamer friendly. Like you need, obviously at some point you will have to know that you need to know like the jargon and things. But I feel like they still package it in a way that it's like, you don't have to play. There's so many games to talk about that I will not play. And I still am interested like, okay, this is how these game mechanics work. Because then they, yeah. they play a lot of games. So they also like do like cross, you know, like they'll be like this game inspired that and that kind of thing. So, like, coming to my larger point, I found out that Jason Shire wrote this book uh, about video games called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And I recommended it to Joe and enjoy things now reading it. And it gave me such, like, a respect for the video game, people who work in video games, yeah. especially because I don't know where you've reached in the book, but, like, there one, there's some games where which was made by, like, just one guy. Like, this yeah, guy worked crazy, for yeah. Stardew Valley. Like, he worked for, like, five years. Um, he put all his savings like they didn't have enough studio and then studio one day work, yeah. it finally works and they put it on steam and he's like a millionaire and now he doesn't know how to react to it because he feels like he's an imposter because it's like and it kind of had like an adverse ref- effect on him because he's like i can afford these things but you know like i don't feel like i'm a millionaire because i like literally spending five years <laughs> bed, like, on a computer just coding game. making a game you know, like yeah and I like, I respect, like, that book was really good. And, you know, it gave me, like, a very, like, I, I really respect video games, the way they, they you know, like, this thing. So these days now, I'm way more like, you know what, if and if a video game has a problem, it's cool, man. They'll patch it. And I totally like it. Will be, it will get better, yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyways, um, I think also what I wanted to talk about on this podcast with um, Ravi was that um, Joe and I, I think like we've also spoken a lot about it, it was this game called Ghost of Tsushima oh, yeah. and yes. you and I finished it last year Ravi I think got it this year and oh Ravi has oh. a PS5 by the way so yeah that's really awesome by the way. <laughs> I expect him <laughs> to <laughs> he has a PS5 and you have the Xbox Series X as well right yeah yeah like I spent oh, and he has a Nintendo Switch like Ravi is like the whole package <laughs> any woman who listens to our podcast you know like that he has all three consoles so like you know and he has like this elite pc so like wow man, that's like, amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's like the gamers gamer bro like, i mean like, he works people, for game company. <laughs> people keep thinking it's weird that i have like multiple consoles and stuff but 
Mm. My I mean, point if you is, you can afford it, and yeah, you're not going to like. There are a lot of exclusives that are going to come out. Yeah. For yeah. yeah, God of War, it's only one console that's giving you exactly. And Microsoft went and has bought like fifteen companies. Like <laughs> All of us. Microsoft was like that. I didn't realize they had so many companies under them till I was like I was checking on Microsoft. Like, Holy shit! And then so they went and just bought. Right? Um, they bought. They bought the company that um it was called Zenimax or something. They, Zenimax, they owned, yeah. Zenimax, like, yeah, yeah. They own Bethesda and like Arcane Studios and etc. Yep. And it's it's like, and I'm a bit like. You know, like shit. Now, if I want to play Doom Eternal or Doom, Get away Doom Xbox, yeah. like I mean, like I mean, those games are still there, but like the sequels and etc. Yep. But anyways, like coming back, we played Ghost of Tsushima, which was um, amazing, mm-hmm. and then we played it on the PS5. So I only wanted it to know, like, how was the experience because we both played on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think without a doubt, it was my favorite game of last year. Um, yeah, there was The Last of Us Two. Last of Us 2 was obviously mm. a brilliant game, amazing, this thing. Uh, some people didn't like it, blah, blah. And Joe and I did like an extensive deep dive on the both on the so you can turn on our early episodes. But um, in terms of, I think, like, the thing with, like, I think The Last of Us also is that it's very intense, right? So I remember one of the complaints I had, and I think I mentioned on the podcast, right. and Joe and yeah, I also had the same problem, yeah. is that I couldn't play it for more than, like, an hour, like... Mm. Way too intense. It's so psychological, and then it's like you know you're like hiding, and then zombies, and the zombies even in this in that game were not even the major problem. Like the fucking humans, the people. <laughs> yeah, it was like the humans were a fucking problem. Man. I was like, shit, man, and you have to like hide. And obviously, humans are smarter than zombies, right? Like that's how they program yes. them as well. But zombies will act in a certain manner, and you know humans will act more like this thing. So Last of Us is amazing, but I think like in terms of like storytelling, having fun. Definitely mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima. I could play Ghost of yeah. Tsushima for end. Like, I'll just take my horse, Shadow, whatever he's called, and just, like, <laughs> prance around the fucking Tsushima. <laughs> and, go and, like, right, the visuals anyway. are awesome. And Ravi finished it recently, so I was like, you know what, like, we should discuss it and, like, what, what he thought about it. Um, but, yeah, Joe, what did you think of Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, I thought it was one of the best, like, as far as, you know, like, samurai-type games that I've ever played. Because I played other games like Ninja Gating and stuff. But Fuck Sekiro. <laughs> Thank you. I, that game, I played it. I See? stopped playing it because it was so freaking hard. So, and so and like, then Joe you know, played it me... again and I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you yourself? <laughs> Fans of From Software games have a very, very weird relationship with themselves. Dude, they... <laughs> I, it's weird, dude, because like even like the podcast I listen to, they love from so they're like the right. and then like the Sekiro <laughs> and the Bloodborne. I think it's I think like I I believe like these games like Sekiro, Bloodborne, and I, I think I think Dark Dark Souls to an extent as well. Yeah, the combat is not like it's hack and slash, but it's very measured. Like you have stamina, yes, yeah. so you Absolutely. can't. Ex- and I'm like, go for, yeah. a video game should not. Be like have to like think about stamina and parry and <laughs> like, yeah man. timing. So I never even bothered playing Sekiro because I think one of you guys were like Sekiro is different. I'm not playing this game. It is. <laughs> it is. So like Ghost of Tsushima is like this really chill, like you yeah, know, like very calm, like you can however you want to. But anyways, like you're continuing, like yeah. So you're talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah, so go- yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. I think I said best game, one of the best games I played. I love the storyline. I think the storyline really made it really good. Like when you think about the Mongols attacking your island, you have to defend. Like how it even starts is like what it totally decimates you, and they have mm-hmm. to build yourself up all over again and become like a legend, like a ghost. 
in a like way. Like, he's literally because, the ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. he has to go against the samurai code, which is a big deal. And even the ending with the uncle and stuff. Like, if you play the game, you know what happens with the uncle. Like, it's very emotional. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what, but it's very emotional. So, like, from story from start to end, it, like, it's really good. Like, I said, one of the best games I've played, I think I might rate it a bit above Last of Us 2, even though I liked it, but it was more fun to play than Last of Us 2. Like yeah. I said, exactly. Yeah. too much. <laughs> the thing about too Last much. of Us 2 was that it's, in terms of cinematic experiences, it's, like, out there, man. Like, the totally. story. And it's, Ravi, have you played Last of Us 2? So I haven't played Last of Us 2. I, I feel I feel bad um, if I have to express an opinion on that game, but the fact remains <laughs> that I haven't I haven't played it because I don't think I want to put my brain through it. Like uh, I know that the game like... is gonna be I know that the game is gonna be mentally exhausting. I know that the game is gonna yeah. like that's that's just the choices that they took. It's it's I, I feel the same way about certain movies as well. There are many movies that I wanted to watch, but they're just so depressing and so draining <laughs> that I don't want to watch them at a time like this when I'm just cooped up in my apartment all the time. So I haven't exactly. played Last of Us 2 for that oh, reason. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Clean that like, game I think at like, home. Yeah. At least like for Joe and I, we can still go out and do things. I think like in America is way worse than I guess. So. Yeah. Like I play but, that like, game remember... for two hours and then I feel depressed and then I the only thing I can hug is my sofa, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't wanna no, weep into my sofa. I mean, it's like, in much. terms of like, it's, I mean, like, and you'd think Last of Us, like, Last of Us itself was quite draining, but it was still very balanced. And this game was like extreme, dude. And I understand why. Like, mm-hmm. um, I give props to like having the balls to yes. make a game like that. And both Joe and I, like, were very impressed uh, with the game yeah. and what story it took. I assume. I hope, Ravi, they've not spoiled it for you. But No one spoiled it for me, and I've been that. trying to avoid it as much as awesome, I can. Awesome, that's, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. awesome. So, like, you know, like, Ghost of Tsushima, and I think what happened was that Ghost of Tsushima came after Last of Us 2. Yeah. And yes. it's also one of the highest-selling PS4 exclusives. Yeah. And I was waiting for it, and then I, and I wasn't really sure um, how it would be. Because you know, this is an American company, this Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Sucker Punch. yes. And they made like games, infamous games, um, Second Son, blah blah blah. And I was like, they're now making this extremely Japanese game. But then I saw the reviews, and then they got like Japanese samurai experts, and they're like, Oh, actually, the way they've made the game really like really it's good. very like it's very good. Um, they've done everything by the book, and I was like, Yeah, and I started playing this game, I was like. Yeah, and I think Joe gave me that Ghost of Shima because I think he finished it and then I think I borrowed your CD, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah did, Joe bought yeah. the game and I was playing Last of Us 2 then. Mm-hmm. So when I finished, I remember I took it and I was like, oh my God, I this is the best thing. <laughs> like, because I like, I don't have to like, I can chill. Like, you know, it's, 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 I mean, <laughs> yes. it's, it is an intense yeah, storyline, yes. but I could play Ghost of Tsushima for like three hours, four hours oh, yeah, and totally. not be exhausted. Like, yeah. Exactly. And... Like the gameplay was awesome. Um, story was good. I fucking hated the uncle, dude. <laughs> like, if you guys have played, it, <laughs> so play, you know, I'll just give a basic idea of the story to people who don't know the game. So, it's basically like you're part of like your samurais and the Mongolians invade you guys. He's called Kotun Khan or something like Kotal Khan or whatever. Kotun yeah, Kotun Khan. Yeah, and he's related to Genghis, I think. Yeah, like, he's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Genghis Khan, like, yeah. So, he they invade this island of Tsushima and basically. This is not a spoiler, but like the start of the game starts, and if you watch the trailer, also you understand. And like they fight a war with them, but the Mongolians are too many, and they just like come and like fuck you, samurai, and they kill a lot of them. them. <laughs> and this guy survives, and now his uncle is kidnapped, so he has to go and save him. 
but he realizes that he can't stay by the samurai code because he's fighting an enemy that has no morals they do not care and exactly. if he keeps having morals he will die yeah. because it's either have morals and die or have no not like have no morals but like bend the code break the code and save tsushima and yes. you know they do it beautifully because they show like these scenes when it's like the first time like you do a stealth kill they'll go to a flashback and then the uncle will be telling him that samurai have code why don't do don't this yeah back. you don't stab you with a back yeah like, and and they do it so well and you're like oh wow and then i look at the uncle and i'm like fuck you uncle like i don't give a shit <laughs> i'm going to do what i want kidnap. i'm saving your ass and he got very annoying towards the end of the game but like i mean that was just me and i think even joe was like yeah fuck yeah. that Yeah, we were like mm, this guy no way. <laughs> yeah, like he's too honor bound. But I like how they portrayed it. One more thing, uh, did you guys play it in English because I played it in Japanese? I played it in English first just to see what it was like. So I thought to myself I'll play it in Japanese again when I'm done with the game because I think because I remember I read one of the reviews say that the lip sync wasn't well done. With the Japanese version, it, so I was I, like, not yeah. at all, not because it was literally made for English. Like I don't think they read yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was just dubbed over. Um. So the game has three modes again for our listeners. They have one called like the normal mode. They have one called the samurai mode, which is basically the same game but it's in Japanese. And I did that. They have one more called Kurosawa mode, which is in black and white, and it's black like and white, yeah. a tribute to Akira Kurosawa's movies because he was very which famous really for samurai movies, right? Yeah. Um. I didn't try this. Kurosawa more than because I remember I read a review and they were like when it came out it wasn't the best and mm. the black and white wasn't done very well. I don't know if they've updated it. I'm sure they. I think so. I think so. They've done. They they updated so, it. I think the big con- complaint was a lot of people had a complaint which was like this is just emulating Kurosawa's um, visual style and it's not mm-hmm. actually like Kur- Kurosawa is a lot more than just you know black like and black and white rain wind and grass and stuff like that yeah. it is about how the story is done and they don't do it that way is the chief complaint mm. that i heard of but yeah like yeah, i didn't so try it out either thing, i just yeah. played the game in color i guess so the thing is yeah. i played it in the the samurai mode because i felt like if it's a japanese game it should be more mm-hmm. authentic and yeah. i've always been like you know so i remember i played the game and like you know like the, the i think the voice cast of the english thing was very like it was They sounded very mild because in the Japanese, like, oh, yes. yeah, and it sounded yes. really like, oh shit, these guys are samurai. So I remember I watched the trailer for Ghost. Funny thing is, I never watched the trailer for Ghost of Tsushima. I literally watched it after I played the game, and when I saw them speak in English, and I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, yes. no, I have to break the. And I was like, no, what the fuck? Why are you talking like that? No, this doesn't feel right. Like doesn't we need right, to yeah. do like yeah, um. But yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, what did what about you, Ravi? Because I know when we spoke in person, you had a problem, I think, with the stance mode. Like you thought it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I remember you had a complaint about. Yeah. It. So like I when I started, so my personal opinion on the game, I also absolutely loved it. Like I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima. It. Like, I went through and I got the platinum trophy for the game. Nice. So like that involved me going to all of the shrines and all of the Inari shrines and doing all the hot springs and all of that stuff. So I got all of that done. I got the platinum for the game. I super super enjoyed my time with it. Like Omkar said, it was pretty chill and it was a fun. Like it was basically the opposite of what The Last of Us Two was gonna be. 
You know, like exactly. I could get into the game. Mm. I could just like I started out the game. Omkar asked about the stance thing. Like when I started out the game, I actually found it super hard because I didn't yeah. understand what the pacing of the combat was going to be like. So uh, like yeah. I started the game. I've I've not played any of the From Software games. I've played. Um, this is a bit of a tangent, but I played Jedi Fallen Order, which was a game that Respawn made, oh, and Wars, yeah. it had a lot of inspirations from Sekiro. So they said mm. that it, there was a list I remember I saw, which was called Souls-like games. Yes, and this was mentioned yeah. because yes, I think the because, was yep, like, and Jedi Fallen Order. The, the term that they use, Omkar, like this is something that you were talking about earlier. The term that Respawn used was thoughtful combat, and mm-hmm. thoughtful oh, okay. combat is what the Souls-like games. Um, essentially yes. employ like they have thoughtful okay. combat like you you are trying to manage your stamina you're trying to manage like blocking and like poise and stuff like that all of that stuff you're trying to manage so it's it's not about going in and doing all of the damage that you can do it's about making mm. sure that you get your opponents off balance and then you know kill them and yeah it seemed yeah. to me like ostensibly say um, Ghost of Tsushima was doing the same thing like when I started the game, it seemed like every opponent has a stagger meter and you mm-hmm. need to like get them off balance yeah. and stuff. So I assumed that it was very, very Sekiro-like. Mm-hmm. But like, so I was playing in a very, very um, slow, methodical way. And I kept getting owned. Yeah, <laughs> I kept getting destroyed, bro. Like I would go in there and I would just keep like blocking until someone Love came in with an attack. And I would be like, okay, I'm going to parry this dude now. And he, I missed the parry and he slashes me and I'm like, well, shit, I've lost one third of my health bar. I'm waiting <laughs> now for the next opportunity that I get. And the thing that I didn't realize is that the game is supposed to be played in a much more fast-paced way. More fast, definitely. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you you guys are nodding. Like it's, it, 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 it is a realization that I think everyone has maybe when they're playing yep, this game. Yep, yep. I, I started the game that. and then like, I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting owned all the time. And then I got super angry. I got pissed off. I was like, fuck this. Fuck this these is... Mongol guys. I'm just going to go and slash everyone. And then I found that that was the way to play the game. That was the way to play. Basically, just be quick with the stance. Like, you know, press triangle for this, press like, yeah. I mean, like, sorry, yeah, whatever the problem is. And I remember when I started the game and I played on normal, right? And I mm-hmm. like, I play on normal always. And and I think like the first two hours were really difficult mm-hmm. because you don't have health, you don't have stance. Exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, that's true. And it, and so the first, you, when you first start the game, you can't actually run in and be like, yeah. Yes, so you have to do stealth and build yourself. And one of the things that helped me was that I decided to do one of the side missions where he gives you the bow and arrow. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when I was like, okay. I can use the bone arrow to burn somebody to hit like hornet's nest. And then it changed everything because then I would stand at a distance and do some damage, then go in. And once I started leveling up, then after I was like, fuck it, bring it. I'm coming in. Like, yeah, I've got my like samurai armor gear. Hit me, motherfucker. Like, let's do this. (laughs) And like, I think, I mean, I finished. I depends like, but if the side quests are engaging, I'll do it. Finished all the side quests in this game. Side quests were great, yeah. Um, I couldn't find all the shrines, I'm sure. Um, I think I did find all the fox shrines and, you know, those mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, Some of the things I'm sure I missed, like the scrolls, etc. But I never, I don't think there was any time where I felt like, wow, this seems repetitive. Like, 
after a point, you're kind of doing the same thing. But I never felt like over and over. Again. And I saw a tweet somebody said the other day on Twitter that he felt like um, Gozo Tsushima is the best boss fights because of the dual mode. So yes. the game, so the game has this thing called that. dual mode where like, so you have a normal hack and slash and then you play. But when you enter dual mode, um, basically it's one-on-one and like they have a health bar and there you have to be a little reserved with how you fight. Yes, there you do have true. to parry because this time it's one-on-one and any mistake you do. And I felt like they did it very balanced because they give you like the whole game to hack and slash your way through. In mm-hmm. the this thing also you can hack and slash, but I wouldn't advise it because the, if the enemy gets like an advantage, yeah, they'll they kill you straight up. But they give you like these special moves as well that you can do like mega damage. Yep. And yeah, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed like the duels. And what did you guys think of it? Like, do you think it's like this guy was like it's the best boss fight kind of mechanism ever in PS's pure gaming history. I don't know if I'm still wow. sold. I'm still not sold on that. History? Like, I don't know. I mean, because I'm not playing yeah, enough history. History is a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit much. Like, history, that's I mean, the best thing. Like, in game history. I think other games would have had, like, boss fights. So. I mean, I like, know, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if it's there, history, man. Yeah. yeah, like, God, God of War like, has boss had fights. some unbelievable boss Crazy fights bo- in the past. Yeah. Like, like the, oh. the, the, no, not Thor. Who was talking about, like, um, you know, those two twins and stuff like that in God of War. Yeah, like, I mean, the and even, like, the, and the fact that you could fight Zeus and all in the old games. Oh, yeah, yeah the old games are what like I was talking about. Like even oh, yeah, the new Zeus God of War actually makes a reference to that, which was so great. Like when you I think it's the first time you see Yormungandr, the giant serpent or whatever. Yeah. And oh. Atreus is like, yeah. have you ever fought anything as big as that before? Yeah, a, and you could tell that God of War fans around the world were like, Oh boy, you have oh, yes, no he idea. Has. <laughs> this guy's fought like Titans, he's fought fucking Zeus, <laughs> Athena, like he's yeah, going like, he's Yeah, he's going, he fought Hades, all that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, like, like, bro, bro, like God of War three. So this is actually something that's super interesting. The game director of God of War 3 is the game director of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Stig Asmussen. So, okay. so do these guys like switch over from companies? That uh, Yeah, like it, the, the gaming industry actually has a lot of this switching over stuff. Because well, I've heard of another one where like this dude from Ubisoft moved to these places. And he yeah, came back exactly. Like, yeah. And I mean, um, this is something that, you know, the com- I'm again speaking about this personally, so it's like something that has a lot of legal background and stuff. But even Infinity War and Respawn, you know, like a lot of people oh, at yeah, Respawn true. are people who were at Infinity War back in the day and made Call of Duty 4 and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. I think, like 50 or 60% of the original people who made Call of Duty 4 then joined Respawn. So it's like no, you have does. people who keep moving around from company to company, and you know that it's essentially like a, a like a, I don't know how much you, you, Joe, you follow sports, but it's like, it's like how like in football, for some, for example, a manager might move and then like take all of their backroom staff with them, yeah, yeah, yeah stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like it's, it's no, it's basically working with people who you know you have a wavelength match with. So like okay. you have a lot of people on Jedi who worked on God of War back in the day, oh, but okay. God of War three, the reason I brought it up is because it had some of the most epic ambitious levels and missions that I've ever seen in a video game. Like in God of War 3, God of War 3 is the one where you have entire fights on Titans. So like you have Gaia climbing up Mount Olympus or whatever and you are just fighting in the palm of Gaia's hand. You know, and every now and then like you slash off a thumb or some nonsense like that. It's just 
it is just epic okay like it is kratos is like this small but he is going to fuck shit up because he is kratos and that <laughs> is how like the entirety of the reboot god of war is based on having that terror for kratos from before like the story oh. doesn't make as much sense if you don't realize what an asshole what a badass asshole he oh, was a... <laughs> for a decade before that and so one of the things i also like remember about god of war was that um they were like the reason so i think in like the first three games kratos mm-hmm. is young he's hot blooded yeah. and they had like those secret um like levels where you could go and like have sex the sex these, missions like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and then all of a sudden god of war 4 uh, i mean 4 or god the of war yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. like yeah it's like he's old he's wise he's quiet he's no more hot listening he has a son and they were like a lot of it is also because the team that started from god of war 1 grew up with him and they had yes. their kids so a lot of them yeah. were like oh, yeah, putting yeah, their fatherly yeah, yeah. kind of emotion into that in, in yeah. the integrators yeah yeah integrators and then like and it was so different there was zero like you know like i am great or god of war run yeah. like yeah, he's very like mad Yeah, and my favorite thing mind. about I think the best thing about God of War is you going boy. And like you never call the Atreus like boy. boy. And you are really like um you're so sold by like the character of Kratos and I'm like fuck man this guy's such a dope father and like yeah. you're like Atreus you have to like you know like you have to like live up to your father's this thing and and, yeah. I, and the thing about that game was that i remember it came out one day after my birthday in 2018 and i was like that's my birthday gift i pre-ordered it like <laughs> we i'm like we were shit it's as bugs this is the game i'm buying you're going to play it straight up wow what a game man so, what yeah. a beautiful game seriously but like coming back to like ghost of tsushima um did you find any fault with it at any point like did you think that like i've kind of I, maybe i don't look into a lot of things but i mm-hmm. thought it was like near perfect like i don't i don't even think i have a problem like, like I, i don't think the side quests were boring i enjoyed the musical like the music this thing where you get like different weapons and like you know yeah. like armor so the story was on point the only probably flaw i saw was that um the dubbing was like an issue because mm-hmm. like, yeah in japanese yeah i think that's like very minor but like i would say it's a near perfect mm. game would you guys agree Like it's hmm. it's hard for me to describe because there was an article that I read that actually, and this is not so I, I'll I'll describe the article and it'll sound like a hot take, but I'll I'll explain <laughs> myself. The title Don't of the it. article was "Ghost of Tsushima is the most amazing mediocre game I've ever played." Wow! And wow. it sounds like a hot take, but I'll I'll I agree with certain points expressed there, which is "Ghost of Tsushima" doesn't. it definitely does some things that are very new but mm-hmm. it mostly borrows a lot of existing okay, ideas yeah and tunes them to a specific point where they make very good sense within the game but a lot of the time you're not actually doing things for a reason it's just that they have made it and this one is my personal opinion they have made it in a way very compelling to do these average mediocre fetch quests and that i think is where the game shines oh, like yeah. the all of us did the inari shrines all of us went to the shinto shrines all of us did the hot springs and yeah. we did so many side I mean, quests and they give stuff, you like but... health and like you know they give you like yeah, yeah. And they just you give you they just throw things at you but there's not a very um good reason to do them but yeah 
you're doing them because they have gameplay benefits and because yeah. they make the act of doing those things very enjoyable for specific reasons like you follow an inari shrine because following a fox to a shrine seems like something that makes a lot of sense within that japanese setting like it, it felt because very organic he says the mother like says that the fox is like this spirit animal or something exactly yeah, exactly culture, and it feels it just feels like a very small experience that is very special to you like you can interpret it as something that's very special to you or if you were spiritual you'd be like this was a spiritual experience even if you're not spiritual you're like i followed this fox to the shrine that the fox was clearly showing me so i feel one with nature when this happens you know and you have similar experiences like that when you go to the hot springs and they say oh you're going to the hot springs for mental and physical well-being like yeah. it's not actually giving you health but you sit there and you relax and it like cleans your pores or whatever and you reflect on something in your life and it gives you spiritual well-being so it's it's a game where all of these collectibles don't feel like chores because they are baked into the story and they make a lot of sense within the setting and there's a little bit like they give you a haiku or they give you a okay. little story tidbit where you're like reflecting on your past or they just the bamboo strike is just cool as shit you know like you just press these yeah, buttons and like shung, he slices slices through seven pieces of bamboo so yeah, yeah that was cool as shit yeah, but that it's was cool yeah it's literally just a quick time event like it's oh, it's a quick time yeah. event that you've seen in games a million times before a million times before it's just that it's done very well here Yeah. So it's like they're using a lot of overdone game concepts but they fit it very well into the setting which is why I really enjoyed the game. Like I can I think the game does a lot of 7 or 8 out of 10 things but it mm-hmm. polishes them up very well to a very okay. good extent. So I wouldn't call it a 10 out of 10 game but I would call it I, one I of the best 8 out of 10 games yeah, I've ever played. Kind of, I think I would give like nine, nine point five. But then you see that I think like um, the way I look at games is probably also different from how you or Joe would look at it. Yeah, exactly. For me, and I feel like because you're in the industry, you have like a better eye on these things. But I also know that video games borrow a lot of concepts from each other because I think oh, for sure. Because I mentioned it again. I don't know who I've mentioned it to either of you because I I think I talk a lot about video games with the both of you and one more friend of mine. So I don't. I only have three video game friends. <laughs> <laughs> But like um i i think was, i don't remember who but um i think it was joe cuz he's played horizon zero dawn and mm-hmm. it has the in so i played arkham yes and arkham had like 2009 2012 and then 2015 i think that's when the last yeah. one came mm-hmm. horizon yeah. 2017 and in horizon um i review you've played like 10 hours of the game right so you'll have yeah. some idea about it. yes there's this thing called like the focus yeah and ah, yes that she has elo ah, has this focus i know what you're game. talking about yeah And in in Arkham the Arkham series um what I loved about the whole Batman thing was that he has um this thing called detective, detective mode. mode detective yeah. vision and yes. it's fucking cool as shit because you're like and this was like the game which I felt like this is Batman because like <laughs> you know like he literally <laughs> would analyze yeah. like there would be like some scene where this guy smokes like a tobacco pipe and then he's like I analyze the components of the tobacco and it's crazy <laughs> it's, like, it's like Sherlock it's like Sherlock meets Batman and it's like oh, fuck world's whoa. greatest like, detective basically yeah. yeah and he's literally like the world and that's what I liked about it. it's called detective mode because he's literally doing detective shit at yes. a very mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. level 
and then like there's there so then you use that way to find like and it'll leave like a trail so you follow the trail and then you find where the yes. person is so in horizon zero dawn with the focus there's you use those things to find trails as well yep. and yeah. that's like footprints yeah definitely took this from them like even if even if like there's no correlation with you, this is different mm-hmm. and then i realized sure. that games boring from other games is not Like it's nothing new. And it's like oh, what yeah. you said earlier, yeah. like the guys on God of War came to you know Jedi Fallen Fallen Order, and they definitely probably would have bought some game God of War stuff in there just yes, you know, like, this worked and this is the kind of game we're doing. And then then you like Souls like the whole Sekiro thoughtful combat kind of thing. Same thing. So I mean I don't mind if video games borrow from each other. Uh, I mean yeah. I think it's even, I mean movies do it. So like books do it. Oh, like, so, yeah. And as long as you can polish, like what you said, if you polish on it and you give a good experience, I think that's really good. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like I don't think yeah. it's a problem per se, for sure. Yeah. Like, same, same, same. And games boring mechanics, like you said, you you mentioned detective more, and you mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn using it. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn came out. I mean, like that one specific thing that yes, Horizon yes, Zero yes, Dawn. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just I'm just giving you some more examples. Like, um, I'm not sure if Witcher Two had it, but The Witcher Three. Has a yeah. very similar thing, like where you go into this Witcher sense mode and you see oh, really? footsteps. It it has exactly yeah, yeah. the same mechanic. Um, yeah. Assassin's Creed has Eagle Vision. Eagle Vision, yeah, yes. yeah. And yeah. Eagle yeah, Vision yeah. was an earlier version of that. Like Assassin's, it, it was in the first Assassin's Creed in two thousand seven. It was, it was. You yeah. The earliest game it. that I can think of that had this mechanic was Ocarina of Time. Which had the lens of hmm. truth. So you bring up the lens yes. of truth, and so yes, yes, and become see, visible. See. Yes, true, 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 true. Wow, so it's, it's wow. Awesome yeah, like it's a it's a mechanic that's been around for a very long. I mean, Nintendo. It when it time. comes to like, I think like, I mean, shout out to Nintendo. Those guys are secret mm. as guys fuck. Are crazy, <laughs> but they think on some different level, and it always blows my mind. And I, apparently, even like Horizon Zero Dawn had a lot of concepts that they borrowed from um, Nintendo. No, no, Assassin's Creed. Okay. Like, and Nintendo. I like, like, it. like the whole role and comp- yeah, they definitely like. I mean, yes. like, I feel like there's some Zelda this thing inside somewhere, and okay. a lot of people were even like, um, somebody was like, if Skyrim wasn't made, you wouldn't get a Witcher three today. You wouldn't Skyrim. get. Skyrim. You wouldn't yeah. get like Breath of the Wild. Yep. You wouldn't get a Horizon Zero Dawn. You wouldn't yep. get a God of War the way it was made because I think mm. Skyrim just came. Who is it by Skyrim? Is it by Bethesda? Or it is Bethesda. Bethesda. Yep, it is Bethesda. 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 Right Bethesda. Skyrim came, and I remember like the whole taking arrow to the knee was like the that biggest meme was crazy. <laughs> and then they had this other thing called Fasroda as well, like, Fasroda, and then, like some knee, like and and I think that game, like even till today, people are still playing it because it's like has like oh, yeah. 100, 200 hours of content, and I think like all of these, like I remember when I was reading the story, um, Jason Schreier wrote. He talks about how Witcher Three was made, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Listen, Skyrim has hundred hours of gameplay. Yes. We need to do hundred hours of gameplay." And they put in so much in the game, they ended up giving you two hundred hours. Two hundred hours. <laughs> and I mean, like, it's quickly acclaimed, and like, you know, blah blah blah. And everybody like, so I think like you need these kind of like games. Like I think back then, Ocarina of Time kind of came with this. Different kind of RPG yeah. sort of system elements yeah. inspired, like you know, Nintendo is like awesome. <laughs> We are you Nintendo gang. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my first console was Nintendo, and I think for a lot of people, um, like they either the NES or SNES. 
Yes, um, yes. We all definitely did have the NES in that very shitty format with the 99 and 1 cartridge games, which was a NES at the end of the day because there were NES games as well, right? Those games. Yeah, and then SNES obviously had like Mario, Mario Kart, blah, blah. And I think my the next big console after that was the N64. Um, oh, shout yes. out to that console. Yeah. Shout out to that um, And then last year I bought the Switch. Uh, I've really enjoyed the Switch. I still feel like I'm not doing justice to the Switch mm-hmm. um, because like I'm too busy trying to finish all my PS4 games before yeah. I it's fire. <laughs> and it's but the switch is it's like again only Nintendo can think of like I mean they were doing killing it in the handle and they're like you know what, let's make handle into a proper it's like carrying a PS1 like playing it and I'm like wow, it's mm. amazing so yeah. I mean it has its share of it's it's definitely Nintendo is definitely has... frustrating because yes, I remember when exactly. I was setting it yeah, up yeah, I was sure, messaging yeah. Joe and I was like the it's fucking annoying because like <laughs> I had to go online and find uh-huh. out like the sequence because the PS and Xbox I think it's like okay this is your card sign up yeah, yeah, just go up. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was like you, you know you have we only have these regions and like my PS my, sorry, my Switch was bought in the UK so I had to align my this whole address <laughs> and using to the yeah, UK yeah. and then get everything so yeah, and, like, and and then I remember I first did a mistake and I did it to the US store and my game mm. I had bought Breath of the Wild on the UK store so I used the code on the US store and it's like, <laughs> no. like oh, my oh no he said everything and it was like fuck. I've even forgotten but like you know it doesn't matter <laughs> this but um, I think we've spoken for a really long time and I think Zoom obviously helps us because you know like we don't have a time limit, but we're yeah. in the studio, you know, like this thing. But um, thank you so much, like, uh, for doing this for us, Ravi. Um, oh, yeah, yeah well, I had a lot really of fun. Cool. Like, we got a, like, a very, uh, hand, like, we got a first look experience, kind of, like, with how you guys make games and, like, the whole respawn thingy. Um, oh, yeah, I also wanted to ask you this story, if it's true, because I remember one, one of our friends also told us, one of our common friends told me that mm-hmm. um, the, the term respawn comes because I think, so I don't know, like you can. Say uh, I, I I cannot comment on the story, but I yeah, you just So apparently, the story goes that Activision, I think, owned Infinity Ward because they're the ones making the Call of Duty games, right? Yeah, yeah, and then they came and they kind of like shafted like all of Infinity Ward and like fuck you guys, and then they dismantled like they dis they basically dis- like, dismantled the company, and then these guys like respawned because they were like from that whatever to this. That's what they call respawn. Is this a true story of Vikiran? Like, tell us the truth, man. I have no idea. I wasn't there when it happened. I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, sure. Sure. Like, you guys don't talk about this all the time. Like, bro, that's what they call respawn. <laughs> but I think that's like the coolest game company name because respawn is such a video game term. Um, because you play like Call of Duty, your Unreal Tournaments, yeah. like respawn, like you know that thing. So yeah. Um, but normally before we go, we always try to recommend something like in terms of a game, but you know, if you want to play, what would you recommend for Ravi for our listeners? Like what game should they play? It doesn't have to be anything we discussed, mm. like anything, anything that you feel like today. Yeah. Um, something that I think, um, this is, this is definitely a difficult game to, um, get through because it's a hundred hour game. There's no way to make it shorter than that. There's a hundred hour game <laughs> is Persona 4 Golden. It, like um, the Persona series is something that I always, as an outside observer, I was like, yeah, this is weird. There's a very anime video game that I probably won't like. Um, but I played Persona 4 Golden when it came out on Steam last year. And 
it was the best game that I played in 2020. Probably one of the best games that I've yes. ever played. You Definitely played on one PC, of the best games it? I've ever played. Wow. Yes, I played on my PC. Wow. It was an absolutely remarkable game from beginning to end. The um, it's not a it, it's definitely like the gameplay is definitely something that takes a bit of getting used to. Like if you like turn-based combat or a press turn system, then you'll be at home with this game. But it is a turn-based mm. combat game, but the combat is not the main point of the game. The main point of the game is the social stuff, like where you interact with... You You are basically a high schooler and you are interacting with other high schoolers <laughs> is, the, is the basic premise, but there is a lot more to the game than meets the eye. And mm. yeah, like it was... It was a game that got me very, very emotional and it has a very, very good cast of characters and very good writing and stuff like that. And it's it's a wonderful game and I would highly recommend that. In fact, I haven't played Persona 5 much. I played Persona um, 5 when it came out for like 10 hours. CD. You can buy it for me if you want. So I bought Persona <laughs> 5 Royal a couple of months ago. Oh yeah, and that's I started the, it. Like, yeah, um, like that's the, uh, that's the enhanced game. re-release. And I oh, started okay. that yesterday, and that game is also absolutely remarkable. Apparently, it's awesome, man. Like, um, they added a lot of more content to that. One. Yes, and no, the ways no. that Persona Five improves upon Persona Four is mm-hmm. extremely significant. And I feel like you will okay. only enjoy that if you play Four and then Five. Okay. But again, okay. both of them are one hundred-hour games, so know what I'm you're not. getting into. Like, there's no <laughs> way that you can finish games. the game in less than hundred hours. Jeez. Those games wow. take that long, so it's. Wow, but very, very good games. Extremely good games. I think if anyone has any sort of interest in, um, you know, like just personal identity conflicts and stuff like that, like accepting yourself and understanding, you know, like they, they touch on a lot of topics, like touching on sexuality, touching on your relationships with people and what wow. does it mean to be an individual in a society and stuff like that. It's very, very complex concepts that they deal with in very very good ways which is why i really admire the game and i know that i spoke for 10 minutes about this but oh yeah i think we spoke this on offline omi so i play i finally played um journey and yes. i about this like journey i even was is, speaking to rabbi about journey as well yes 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 yes, 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 yes. that game is like one of the prettiest games i've played and it's so simple and like there's hardly any like you know the game UI game art hardly any and it's just so simple the music is great it's, the music is fantastic like you should play with headphones on i i really I recommend that and then when you get to the end you're like wow such a such a i don't think it's like so uplifting experience in a way is like it's like that like the visuals are fantastic like you want to play it again like i totally recommend like um journey nice. you totally like it I should definitely play um, that. Journey is like what well, it, it's like a two and a half hour game, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can play. It's a very short game. That's what I mean. It's very short. Like it's short, but when you, the experience itself makes it up for it, like this is short, but you love it. Love. Oh yeah, I even would want to play a game like that because I mean, like with it's, it's relaxing. Yeah, it's like relaxing. It is too. extremely like relaxing, is what I've heard. And I think I would recommend uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm not finished it. I think I would definitely finish it in like within a week or two weeks, whatever. Um, the, like the past two weeks, I haven't been dedicating too much time to it, but um, I've not played a game like this where like 
it's you're fighting machines with a bow and arrow mm-hmm. and it's so fucking mm-hmm. cool because mm-hmm. the each bow and arrow has a different this thing and it's a lot oh, yeah. of like strategic gaming like um you need to take out certain parts so that it doesn't become a problem and then judge the enemy and like today even i keep tweeting about it randomly and then somebody like dude this is horizon zero dawn and a lot of people have been like i wish i could forget that i played this game so that i could start to play it again i totally and i've played that. like a bunch i'm like my character is like level 40 and i've been doing like a lot of side and i'm like i understand why because this is how i felt when i played like god of war and i was like i wish i could forget everything about god of war yeah. everything again true, true, true. Yeah, like yes i get it so um thank you once again ravi uh, this was awesome oh, um i listeners i think this is a long episode but i think yeah, it like what we spoke yeah. about makes up yeah what makes up for a lot of like the time it's not like just you could like same nonsense like really we're a proper game company guy man like yeah <laughs> this is how we're like industry oh, industry people man <laughs> yeah we're like man, really you strong, We didn't get like we didn't get like some small indie studio in like fucking Kansas or something. We got like respawn <laughs> in LA making big bro, games why, like Titan Fall 2. Bro, like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just full respect. Indies are awesome, all love to indies, awesome. man. All love to indies. <laughs> it takes indies, yeah. it takes guts to make an indie game make that indie, I yeah, do definitely. not have. It's such a risk. <laughs> yeah. Huge so, respect to indies. Thank you so much Ravi. Um this was a blast. Um so yeah man. This was uh, two guys one controller. Yes, we like playing with one controller. <laughs> oh god. god. Oh god. Is that is that cut like is that cut at the Yeah, oh, no, no, it's then it in the it's in the episode. Ravi, <laughs> you can also join and play with that one controller. <laughs> Bro, I'm a gamepad person, not a joystick person. Oh god. Good one, good one, good one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. So yeah, um yeah, thanks a lot guys for listening to us. Yeah. All right. So can I so start? I think you can end the yeah, you can stop recording. So. Yeah, okay.